Hello and welcome to Tape Notes, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the magic of recording and producing music. Every episode we'll be reuniting an artist and producer and talking through some of the highlights from their collaboration in the studio. So join us as we lift the lid on the creative process and the inner workings of music production to see what lies beneath. Hello and welcome to Tape Notes. My name is John Kennedy and I have a very exciting, very special episode of Tape Notes for you, our first ever live outing. We were lucky enough to be invited by Latitude Festival to be part of their podcast tent, so we were able to do our first ever live episode of Tape Notes. Our subjects were the incredible Easy Life from Leicester and their producer Rob Milton. And there was a lot of excitement and a lot of drama involved in the live episode because we actually had to get started on it without the band being there. They had arrived on site, but they were across the other side of the festival. We had a live audience waiting for us to get started. So that's exactly what we had to do. It will all become apparent when you listen to the episode. And what better way to start it all off than by hearing some of Easy Life. This is Nightmares. Who gives a fuck about my nightmares? Cause I can barely focus when I'm like this And lately 40 wings would be just priceless I wrestle with myself and with my vices But no one gives a fuck about my nightmares But it's nothing you should worry yourself about oh, oh. It's nothing you should worry yourself about oh, oh. I hope this is working. It is. Thank you very much, Andy. That's very kind of you. And thank you for clapping. Very much appreciated. My name is John Kennedy, and I am the host and presenter of Tape Notes, which is the podcast that we're going to show you. This is our first ever live outing. Normally, we go to a studio, and often a studio that a band or artist record in or their producer works in, and we base ourselves there, and we stay there for a few hours, have a long chat, and do lots of recording there, and then edit it all together into a nice polished fashion, and then we put that out as a podcast. But today, we're doing something new and trying it out live in front of a live audience. So thank you very much for being here. Um, I, for those of you who don't know, Tape Notes has been around for a couple of years now, um, and it explores the magical chemistry between artist and producer. How will those records that we love get made? Where does that seed of inspiration come from and how does that end up on a record? So that's what we try and do within the podcast by going back to demos, back to the very first little bits that they recorded and see how those got used and finally got realized into the finished work. And so people we've talked to in the past have been like uh, The 1975 or Nick Mulvey, or uh, Rosie Lowe, Bombay Bicycle Club were on recently. We've got Kate Tempest coming up in a few weeks' time. And today we've got the amazing new band Easy Life, who I hope many of you are familiar with. Yes, which is why you're here. Um, we have one half of the duo that we're going to be talking to. The other half is still trying to get to the stage. So there are two people that are going to be speaking to me today. Um, one is Murray, the singer from Easy Life and songwriter. Uh, the other is Rob Milton, who works with Murray on many of the tracks and helps produce them. So they work as a team 
on a lot of their music. Um, so we're going to play Easy Life and Sunday, and then we should, all going according to plan, be able to welcome to the stage Murray and Rob. Was. Pizza slices and shakes, morning sunshine awakes She cut to the chase in such an elegant way She's got delicate taste and such a smile on her face But sex is better when baked, everybody knows it And the film we watched, all the critics chose it Joining up the dots, we're becoming the closest Quickly grab the camera, show me all your favourite poses And it was fun in the sun with the windows down And every time that she comes around We do it the old way Well, the plan was that at that point, they'd walk onto the stage. <laughs> Clearly, that plan hasn't worked. However, that was Easy Life with Sunday. They're playing on the Lake stage at 6.30, I think. I think that's right. Um, and uh, they are absolutely fantastic live. I can't recommend them enough. So that man there taking a laptop out of his bag is Rob Milton, who has worked with Easy Life over the last couple of years, and he's a vital part of the whole operation. He's now disappeared, um, but I want him to join me on stage. Um, and he's got an interesting background too, which we will be exploring when he's able to answer questions by sitting up here. Rob Milton. So Rob, you just told me you used to be in a band called Dog Is Dead. That's right, yeah. From Nottingham, uh -huh. um, who are an amazing band. And you had two albums out, is that? Yeah, two albums out. Um, it's a band that I started with my best friends at school when I was like 14 years old. Um, yeah, went on to tour and played lovely festivals like Latitude. Um, had a great time. So, and how many years of your life did that take up then, Rob? Um, yeah, so we were about 14, so yeah, a good like 12 years. Wow, from uh, 14 years of age. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then all that experience led to you working as a producer, is that right? For sure. Like after things started winding down with my band and we all wanted to do sort of different things and production was always something that I had like a keen interest in. I started to enjoy the studio side of things more than I did playing live um, and just found the producers that we worked with in the band fascinating and just kind of sponged off them as much as I could. Right. So you kind of watched what they were doing and... and had a thought that, hey, maybe I could do that. Absolutely. I mean, I was lucky enough to work with some big producers and, you know, some really great geeky people. Such um, as? Such as David Costin, Trevor Horn, more recently Fraser T. Smith, a whole host of, like, great, great people and great producers. Um, and then I decided that's something that I wanted to do without having any kind of technical background or knowing how to go about that or do that. Um, so that was the whole challenge. So what did you, because a lot of people work their way up through uh, making tea in studios or some people go off and do a, a degree in, in sound technology. Mm -hmm. um, what did you decide to do? Well, my whole background had been writing songs. Like I'd written songs with my band and I wanted to be a songwriter producer. And so I tried to find local talent in Nottingham that I could get in and effectively be like another band member for. Um, and at first, I didn't really have any confidence in my like technology skills. I was afraid of like using logic or using software. Um, but it's just a confidence thing. I completely ruled it out. But you find that if you just apply yourself and start doing something over and over again, you get good at it. And how long do you think it, it took till you were confident about what you were doing? Um, 
I'm still not, but right. <laughs> I'm still getting there. But the results speak for themselves. I mean, we, we all know Easy Life and we've been listening to Easy Life's recordings and we all love Easy Life, don't we? Of course. And that's why you're all here. So thank you very much. Um, and so, I mean, you've been very, very involved with them for since they kind of began, really. Yeah, well, the story was I was DJing to kind of fund my self-writing like, career that wasn't really taking off. So I was DJing like any club nights I could. And we did one at my local, the Bodega in Nottingham. And there was like a late on band kind of thing going on. And it was Easy Life. And I recognized Murray because he supported my old bands with his old band. And I was like, this guy, he was like amazing. It was like this 15 year old wonder kid. So energetic, shambolic stage shows and things like that. But he was always like a star in a cheesy way. But um, then they played as the new incarnation with Easy Life. And the sheer amount of like instruments that were passed around was like, you know, someone was playing a sax for one minute, then like some keys, some electronic saxophone came out. And I was just like, this is just mayhem. Like, it needs refinement, but it, it was just such a show. I was like taken back by how good they were as players, I think. That's the yeah. main thing. Yeah, because the one thing that struck me, having kind of heard them and played them on the radio, and I didn't know what the live setup was at that point. Mm. And it was like, I just assumed a lot of it was samples. And then when I saw them, it's like, hang on a minute, <laughs> what is going on? Mm. And um, yeah, that, I love all that swapping around. And, and they, they're all so multi talented. Yeah, it's nuts. And I think. Since, since I've been working with them, like me and Mario are making like sort of hip hop beats in the, in the studio, we're in my basement where we make everything. Um, and the challenge is like we make as wacky sounds as we, as we can and then the band have got to reinterpret that however they can and they handle it in such a completely like profound way and using every instrument available. So the two of you come up with this mad stuff and you think they'll never be able to play this and then lo and behold, they, they master it quite they quickly. They handle it, yeah. yeah. And like, I think that's cool because they all take their responsibility in the band really seriously. Um, and to create the live shows is a completely different thing to the, to the studio. And I think that's important to them. And that's what makes them so good and have their cake and eat it, be able to be this studio hip-hop kind of thing, live, like a whole you know, explosion of like jazz and whatever. Yeah, yeah amazing. So... Um, so you recognised him and you approached him afterwards and said, hello, mate, long time no see, or is that how, what happened? Yeah, I think he came up to me and uh, at that stage I was sort of poaching talent. So I was <laughs> kind of like, I was, you know, I was kind of popped the question. I was like, oh, is anyone producing your stuff? But at the time they were doing some demos with Stephen Street and that's what he said. And I was like, well, I can't compete with the guy who, you know, records Blur and... And Smiths. The Smiths. And yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm out of, out of the thing. But he's like, but I don't know, we could get together and have a jam and start writing some beats or making some tunes or whatever. And I was like, cool. And then shortly after, he was at my house like every day for the next like, month. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Because Murray's based in Leicester, or was he based in Leicester at that point? Uh, yeah, nearby. Or, Murray lives on a farm, like yeah. in the middle of nowhere, kind of Leicestershire. So he still lives on the farm, and the rest of the band live in Leicester. Yeah, that's right. But you're in Nottingham. So he was able to get to Nottingham quite yeah, easily. Yeah, it's like a 40 minute journey. but Bearing in mind, it was hard to get people to write with. Like that's yeah. some serious motivation to drive, like every day or you know five days a week at least. Yeah. To, uh, but to I the get studio. the impression that he's very driven, and the band are very driven. Oh, unbelievably! Yeah. yeah. Because they've they've come a long way in a very short space of time. Mm. You know, because they only first put out stuff two years ago. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that that drive, yeah, it's completely what's what's got them there. Do you think you connected because he had seen your band as well, and he knew that you had a good. Um, understanding of what it's like to be, because you were the front man of that band, 
and he's the front man of this band. So he, there's a there's a a kinship there, maybe. I think so. I mean, Murray will always pretend that he wasn't a huge fan of my band. But, but, <laughs> but you think deep down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was like, I saw you there, yeah. Right. No, but... Um, <laughs> Doggy's yeah. dead posters up on his bedroom wall. <laughs> yeah. Tore them all down when I came uh, around. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we connected on a level that we were both making music, but also quite frustrated that we weren't getting to the next level of what we wanted to do. I'd been dropped by my record label. Murray had had, like, offers on the table that were, like, pulled from, from beneath him. Uh, and we had sort of a mutual bond in that. We were just like, what's going on? Like, why are we doing this? And then wrote pockets off the back of that as the first thing right. we did, yeah. So that's where that whole money discussion Yeah, we've comes got in. no money. Yeah. Like, what's happening here? Like, yeah, wow, amazing. What, what was the name of the band that he, that he was in? Um, he was in a before? band called Park Bench Society. Right. If we were to hear them, would we connect them to Easy Life? Uh, no, I don't think so. Mm. I think there's just completely different influence even like the early incarnation of easy life like the influences are different and i don't think it was as much as like a hip-hop sort of thing and i don't know the whole project is just so ambitious that's why i've been so on board with it like yeah do you think it stretches you as a producer then trying to realize these things hugely it was the yeah. best kind of artist i could have been i could have found to work with because it just pushed me Murray, you know, we was playing like Anderson Park and Chance the Rapper, Kendrick Lamar and stuff like that in the studio. I'm like, you know, I've just been in like indie bands before. Uh, I don't know if I can do this, but that's the best thing I could have done. Get out of my comfort zone and start trying to make sounds that I've loved that I've never been involved with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And does it start with a beat then? Quite often. Yeah. Like either if Murray's away, quite often I'm sending him beats that I've done or he'll come in and play me something that, yeah, he's made at home. But if we're together, we're just there, just jamming. Like, literally, you could start with some chords on a guitar, could start with a synth, you know, could start with some programming. Yeah, it's different ways each time, really. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, should we, we're going to be discussing two songs today and taking them apart and putting them back together, mm-hmm. in effect. Um, maybe we should hear one of those songs now, um, which is Pockets. So yeah. you, you're in the zone, you, you've heard it just seconds before. And then as we start playing it, then Murray is going to walk into the tent. <laughs> Possibly. He's quite distinctive. And he's this got a great swagger, I think. This is classic Murray. However late I am, he's got to be later. <laughs> yeah, he's actually sitting back there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, I, like, <laughs> I kind of like that idea. <laughs> I'm tired of fake fortunes being sold We're tired of my tires burning rubber on the roads Tired of the distance and lengths that I go to Trying to get a bit of credit from you That real love feels real So I don't need to try to synthesize the feel I'm trying to unlock doors with these musical keys My friends pop trees turn a Z to a G Oh no And all I do is twinkle at ivory keys Indulgently, cause I do this for me, I know And it just feels a little bit like Somebody cut a hole in my pocket Cause I've been trying to do this right With no profits and the loss I can't stop it I'm trying to 
<laughs> and as if on cue, running. Looking like a gazelle running through the forest. Murray Matravers. Great to see you, What an entrance. And living up to the hype that Rob gave him, he has to outdo Rob's lateness, so here he is. <laughs> Murray from Easy Life, and we've just been listening, Murray, hey. to Pockets, and Rob's been giving us some background about how you met and, um, and how you both started writing that song, because both of you were skint, both of you were frustrated, because these musical dreams you had were just being taken away from you, offers on the table from record labels who then said, nah, mate, not happening. And, and kind of the two of you put your minds together and came up with that as a result. Yeah, so that was like the first time me and Rob have ever got together. I'm not sure how much he told you. And yeah, we ended up just talking for ages about how bitter we were and how we've both <laughs> been like chewed up and spat out. And we just went to the pub actually for quite a while. Um, and yeah, we were just like, yeah, I'm knackered to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's great. And uh, yeah, we were just talking about how you know, I don't want to swear, but how terrible the music industry is sometimes and can be. And yeah, and then we ended up just... So after the pub, music, you went yeah. back to Rob's studio and yeah. started fiddling around with instruments, mm -hmm. beats, machinery, yeah. computers. Do you have it all set up? Yeah, I've got it. Don't worry, man. Wow, look at that. <laughs> look at that. I've always got your back. Rob's super organised. See, this is often the role that gets... Um, uh, we don't often see, but that's part of the purpose of tape notes is that... that Producers have to be super organised and on top of things, ready to respond immediately yeah. to a gazelle-like figure running through the forest who's going <laughs> to jump on stage any second and deliver an amazing vocal, and you've got to be there to capture yeah. it. Otherwise, your job's not working. <laughs> I think so, this is a pretty good representation, actually, of how it all works. Excellent, I like um, this. So, yeah, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> it sounds pretty comfortable. <laughs> so, I mean, do you start making things on a laptop, or do you, are you humming and recording ideas down or do you have a an instrument a keyboard in front of you so we do i don't know if i mentioned we do everything in my basement that i converted like all the tracks that you that all the easy life tracks yeah that's where they start um and then i've got like i've got sort of like a few bits and bobs there like um old casios keyboards and like i've got my computer there with like beat software and stuff like that pockets i think we started because it was a first like writing session sometimes it can be a bit awkward like where to start so like usually I just play like a noise, some kind of like drone pad thing to be like good mood, like don't worry, it's fine to start creating or whatever. So we started with that on Pockets and then Murray had like a few chords that he came in with that he, I think he tried that on a different track first, right? Yeah, I think so. I had these um, chords knocking around. Um, on what instrument? On, on a guitar. Yeah. There was like a maybe five or six like jazz chords and... I mean, now when we get together, me and Rob, we just go in with like no ideas and like no preparation just because we're like mates now and we don't really care. But at the time I was so nervous. I'm like, shit, I'm in session. Like I got to have these chords ready. So I'm like, had these chords like all set up, came in. Um, yeah, and I played them to Rob and they sounded like this. You guys know the chords, right? Yeah, <laughs> there they are. So, and are those the actual, that were, those are the actual uh, chords that you recorded that day? You know what, like, I don't know, potentially, because at the time, like, like I said, it was the first session, like, we hadn't made any tunes, and all the recording we were doing was very bootleg, because we thought no one would ever hear it, so we'd just, like, record it and be like, yeah, that'll do. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure everything that we did that day made it to the master. 
That's the way we, we work generally, though, because we're working so... I like to work quickly because we're writing and producing on the fly. Like, it's idea, idea, idea. So I'll just get it down. And then everything that ends up on the record, like, if we try and change it, it doesn't have that freshness. There's just some naivety about working quickly and getting the ideas down as quick as possible. Yeah. So Murray's there. He's giving you those chords. Yeah. And what, what do you do then? They're in. They're like, right. they're, they're in and they're cycling by this right. point. So just kind of going round and round. Yeah, right. Like okay. Just adding to this, like you know, with the whatever that first pad sound is, is then the the chords go in and then like start start on the beat immediately. I think as soon as you start going into the little nuances of all these, all the intricacies of it, you start losing that magic and that creative. Like, doesn't matter how you know the tone is, we can go into that later. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so beat a bit beat. You know, what what beat do you put to those chords? And how do you know what you? To, to lay down well that's it that's where you're making like quick decisions mm. and like to me like it was a sort of trip hoppy thing um you know it needed enough energy to have that that kind of weight and carry but at the same time like you know go with the like chilled out seventh chords that murray's playing so. yeah so what do you have what you came up yeah with? yeah i think so and how did you create that rob i inherited some like samples drum samples from my old housemate it's the best thing that he's ever done for me and like <laughs> i carry them around with me like religiously um, <laughs> and they make it on like all of the easy life records um, <laughs> i love this so no, he could have taken out the bins but instead he yeah, no, he was beats. a useless guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing so and the, you're thinking murray oh this sounds pretty good actually and so what what were your was your response to yeah, that yeah it was nice because we had absolutely no expectation and no real vision and we never the only chats we had were actually about like the content of the song and about the music industry and all of that kind of stuff we never said we didn't reference at the beginning it wasn't like oh let's listen to this let's listen to that make a song that sounds like this so as we were going through the session it just kind of everything that happened was just okayed instantly whereas now we're probably a little bit more cautious because we know what we sound like and we're sort of 20 songs in now so we have to sort of um keep up that that sound whereas at the beginning it was just anything goes and it was really it was lovely and we when you actually asked us on the show me and rob were like mate i can't even remember doing that session it was so long ago and such so just a day you know yeah um and it was it's really nice to delve back into it but all i seem to remember from the time was that like anything that was suggested was just snapped up instantly like yeah that's good and i think that's why um when we released it, it, it responded so well because it was really authentic and it was just the first idea that we had on every single section of the song just made it to the edit and it was it was as simple as that. Yeah. And I think to this day, like all the songs um, that we love the most have always been written really quickly and it's usually yeah. a pretty telltale sign if it's good, if it just happens really easily. Because I think if, as soon as you start overthinking things and forcing it, then it you can hear that in the music and also in the production. I mean, these drums were probably made in like half an hour or just, just pulled up and the beat was good. So we're like, yeah, that's good. Let's loop that. So we had the drums going, then we have the guitar on top. Um, I think that um, you never get that whole first session naivety is like a complete blessing because you haven't set the bar at like what the level is to beat and you don't have like any expectations of what you should be doing. It's literally just like, what can we create out of the energy between us that we're in this chemistry? And so when did you start thinking of lyrics or when did you start singing? Again, I really had to pick my brains. I've got a terrible memory. 
so I could be wrong, but I think like we made the instrumental. Did we start singing on the day any melodies? So what, what we tend to do is like once this is kind of cycling, like the beat and the guitars and the bass, um, we're sort of like, I'm always constantly like either humming melodies or like just shouting weird stuff and words out and then also playing like potential vocal melodies on, on like keys and stuff like that just so we've got like some tunes that are knocking about that could then like, later be like compiled and like turn into the actual melody of the song. And are you yeah. recording those as you're doing that? Yeah, yeah we mainly like them. voice memo them on our mm. phones whilst the thing's coming out the speakers. Um, and then I think on this one, I was, to be honest, like I've been making music for ages and so had Rob and, you know, we've been talking about that already. And I was so excited because I got into the studio with at the time like a complete stranger and we had like this instant connection which is really beautiful Rob it really is and um <laughs> no no seriously it really is and I can tell Rob absolutely anything he's the first guy that hears all my woes um but yeah it was great and I went home and I was blasting it in the in the Peugeot 106 all the way back to the studio and I was like I'm just gonna stay up all night and we're gonna we're gonna write this song and I think Two days before, the bass player and sax player, Sam, in the band had sent me these lyrics, which happened to be the chorus lyrics. Um, he'd just like written them out and was like, what do you think to these lyrics? And started singing it. I think I ended up recording like a really rough vocal on an SM7B with like no preamp or anything in the middle of the night in an industrial estate in Leicester using those lyrics that Sam had sent me. And like, have you got that version? They're like super wonky and it's got like got hella like vocal effects and like me like sneezing and all that kind of stuff. And I th again, I think that was the version we ended up using. Amazing. Slightly intoxicated, I think, whilst recording it too. <laughs> it does sound great though i mean it, you know, i'm thinking vocal booths around the the country and the world you know it, which you get, it, lots and lots of money have been invested in and this is a voice memo on an industrial estate in leicester and still sounds really pretty cool i can it? just imagine um, murray like having the time of his life putting those effects on his vocal like, yeah feel, feel. i think i spent about <laughs> two minutes recording it and about two hours just playing with delays <laughs> but it is what it is so then you sent that to Rob, and then did you have yeah. another one of these sessions that you had, had the previous day? When did you get to meet up again? Yeah, and then when did the trumpets go on and all that? Yeah, thing? after okay. that, we literally met up every Monday to Friday for like six months, mm. and it just happened. Like After the first session, we just hung out every single day, and we wrote like the whole first uh, EP together. Um, I mean, since then, we've been a little bit busier, so like me and Rob don't get to hang out so much, but like... We still got the same mentality and we still basically get in every single free day we have. Um, but yeah, as soon as that had happened, it was like, right, let's do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And, you know, two years later, we're, we're still on the mission, really. But I think we got in the next day. And the trumpets one's quite interesting because I, I had that in my head, the vocal melody was going to be the da na 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 da na na da. There were going to be like words in there. And I played it like on a keyboard like some like twinkly keyboard originally 
Um, and then we were talking and I was like, I'd be good on like a trumpet. And Maury's like, I play the trumpet. So <laughs> the next day he rolls up with his trumpet. He didn't tell me that he had some sort of like 10 year gap in his trumpet playing career. Uh, and it's not the kind of thing that you keep up that easily. So 147 takes later, we've like... <laughs> <laughs> it really was that bad. And like, like I said, I just met this guy and I was like, bro, I can bring this trumpet, but please don't judge me. And then there was a time in my life when I was, you know, okay at the trumpet. And I think I'm a little better now. But yeah, it was hilarious. It took so long. It must have taken like the whole afternoon. And then the way we tracked it, there was maybe what, like, is there four of them? Yeah, we yeah. just layered them up. I mean, like. four takes of that is... Man, it was it was a grueling afternoon and very embarrassing. And like, also, we we weren't really into comping stuff at the time, um, whereas now we might make a little edit. But it was like, right, you got to play it perfectly. It's only like four bars mm. long, and I was like, yeah, I it learned was a lot fairly of impossible. Honed in on a, a lot of my engineering skills from Murray's trumpet playing. Like, learned <laughs> how to really like. Yeah, if you can record that, you can record anything. I think. <laughs> can you give us some examples then of the yeah. the trumpet playing? Okay. Fantastic. And 147 so you, you, takes later. 147 takes. And you didn't want to just copy that and just put it on top of each other. You, so Murray had to go back and do another one and then do another one. And so four individual runs through. Four individual. I mean, yeah. to create a, a, a little brass band effect. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's not the way I'd record trumpet every time. Mm. But for this whole thing, it just felt like that. And that originally was the middle eight. Then that ended up being the middle eight of the tune. It was like the breakdown. Some trumpets came uh, came in, and it was only later down the line that someone suggested doing an edit where that moved to the start of the track and became like the first thing you hear in the track. So. Mm. And it's it because that, the first time I heard that, I assumed it was a sample. No, and then yeah. then when I got to see you play. It's like, oh, hang on a minute, they play yeah. all this stuff. Mm. No. We were kind of chasing that sampled sound. Uh, because, yeah, the way that the wonkiness of the whole sort of aesthetic of the production, we were kind of wanted it to sound like a sample. But, yeah, I wanted to play the trumpet and show Rob what I could really do for him. <laughs> so that's how, we, how it went down. Fantastic. And then he thought, wow, he's got hidden talents, this man. This is going so well. And I, mean, I think it's, it's, it's fascinating, though, when you listen to it, because um, one of the, the great strengths of what Easy Life do is that it has this kind of laid-back almost ramshackle feel, but you've got all these beautiful contrasting melodies that you've put together, either vocally or on trumpet lines or on keyboard lines or guitar. And, and so there's all, so much for us to, to really get locked into and, and all these different hooks that keep the listener's attention and interest. And I think that's one of the clever things that you achieve with what you're doing. And it's interesting how you do it because you kind of go with the flow to a certain extent, but also push yourself 147 times if necessary. <laughs> that's the only thing that we'd like labor on is trumpets. Like everything else is just in, get it in. That sounds good. Get it in. Yeah. We have this joke where like, if one of us hums a melody, we'll scream at the top of our voice, get it in. <laughs> and then we just like get a microphone and just do it. And it's like, there you go. It's in now. It's like, it's deafening when Murray does it as well. So it's yeah. not worth doing anything good in the studio for the earache you get from. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of screaming in the studio. Like as soon as Rob like just murmurs a little like idea, we just scream at each other and then it's in and that's it. And like, <laughs> you know, we might track a vocal super rough. We used to use a lot of SM7B. We, we use um like a, 
condenser now we were a little bit more hi-fi but we used to do a lot of it just like like handheld like this and that would often just be the thing that we sent to the mix and it would we try to recreate it, but sometimes just the vibe of me like screaming and being like super overexcited about something, that's sometimes what people want to hear. Yeah. So like, yeah. I think, um, yeah, make great records and not great recordings. I've got that like written down. My brother sent that to me once. And like, I think that's a really good thing to live by when trying to make music, especially like when you're trying to make it on a, on a laptop, you know, because you can just be really quick with these things. And Rob sends mm -hmm. me like, you know, like, five or six beats like every week now because he's just geeking out just sending me stuff all the time but the work rate i think is uh is important well i yeah. think one lesson from that is as well like we could we didn't have the ability to make great recordings we didn't have big studios and like gear was very limited and i just think that that doesn't rule out making like a great track yes exactly exactly You may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in, as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Tape Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organising and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labelling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organise set lists and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. One of our favourite features within Tape It Pro is that you can record in stereo using two microphones along with gentler dynamic compression to give a much more natural sound than any of the usual apps. It's a huge upgrade to the microphone and all-round audio quality. It really helps support the podcast whenever you engage with our sponsors. So if Tape It sounds like an app you'd use, then do us a favour. Pause the episode, head to the link in a recent episode show notes, or visit tape.it forward slash tape notes and give Tape It a go. That's tape.it forward slash tape notes. You can download for free or use the promo code tape notes for 50% off Tape It Pro. Thank you. And now on with the show. Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts. And excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. Um, I'm conscious of the time. So uh, we're going to talk about another song as well. And the interesting thing is that we're going from Pockets, which was the very first session that you did together and just trying to get to know each other um, to the latest release, the, the brand new track that came out this week called Earth. Woo! Um, <laughs> which is all over Thanks, the radio guys. And, and sounds fantastic <laughs> is it part of the live set yet Murray? Will uh, yeah it? we will be performing it today for the second time ever we played it yesterday at Tramlines and then we're going to play it today but yeah just bear that in mind if you guys come see us like go easy because we haven't had much time to rehearse it yet but so when did Earth arrive? How? I mean because it, it really is quite a recent composition yeah. as well isn't it? yeah I think I I was thinking about this on the, in the van while stressing about how late I was thinking, uh, was it 
April or May, perhaps, that we wrote this. And then, obviously, it takes a while to go through the whole Spotify machine before it appears. But, yeah, we, we basically wrote it and then st- put it straight out. Yeah, and so, record it. How long did it take to record then? Uh, to actually record it, probably... A, two days. A day, yeah, two days. Two days max, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, literally nothing has changed since the first day we wrote Pockets, that same ethos, like we just... And we get a good idea and then we record it and that's it. And we don't try re-record it. I mean, we've fallen, like I said, we've fallen into that pitfall a few times. There was a time when we had this piano on a different track that we'd just done on a Nord. Uh, and then certain people, the powers that be at the, the major labels were like, go into this mad studio and record it on a huge grand piano. So we did that and wasted loads of money and it just didn't even sound as good. So... Yeah, we just literally get the idea, record it, and do it. And Earth was exactly the same as Pockets, really. Yeah. So how did this idea... So you weren't down the pub moaning about how little money you had. Um, no, we were at the pub, like, cash. sipping champagne <laughs> at this point. <laughs> tipping it on the floor. <laughs> so, and discussing various different problems, from love life to the, the plight of the planet. Yeah. 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 Um, it actually started... We were in session with a, a friend of ours called Joel Pot, who who's an amazing producer and writer and artist in his own right. You guys should check him out. Um, but yeah, he showed us this sample, which is a sample from a band called Manzel. And the song's called It's Over Now, and it's a Dope Brother remix. And yeah, we took the drums off that, and that's where we started. So we just had this like drum loop. Hopefully... Here we go. This song's super, super wavy. So much better than our version. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. So that's the original track by yeah. Manzel. Yeah, yeah. And then what, which bit did you think? We're going to borrow just that bit. Just the drum loop, because I have a thing about 70s drums, like dry warm sounding like 70s drums um and that track's such like an uplifting like funky tune i wanted to do something that sounded really like dark and sinister over it instead to that kind of juxtaposition yeah um, so so c- can you illustrate that how you then went from i put these guitars on it like immediately and just yeah, recorded so that in. literally rob was like a like a ninja just picked up these this guitar and did recorded it and then in fact when we sent it to mix we actually sent it with the drums and the guitar like they weren't even separate so we like committed to that like in the first two minutes and that, that's how we went wow so this that exact loop is what went on the record and it can't be changed don't you did no, you've married it. them together they are there but yeah. I love that I love like committing to something like that because I mean you think about all these great hip hop records that are just made on the top of a sample and there's nothing they can do about they're not going to get the individual parts of those old tunes that they're sampling so I'm fine if we've got things bounced together and we just have to figure out a mixer probably isn't fine with it because it's a, probably a nightmare for him <laughs> but I'm cool on the creative side mm, yeah definitely and what 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 happened next then? I mean, when you have that, do you listen to that and nothing but that? Or do you immediately respond and put down something else? Well, we left the studio that night with that. Um, super excited. And we were actually getting together in a studio that we hadn't been in before in Maida Vale in London. Not in the BBC Maida Vale, just in that, in that area. And 
I remember meeting you like the next day. We were both slightly late and a little bit hungover, but we had this amazing loop that we'd had like 10 minutes long on our on our phones that I've been jamming on the tube and I think you'd been banging. And we were stood there having a cigarette and I remember you just going, and yet another crash landing. And we just had it on my phone. I was like, fuck me. Oh. I was like, that, that, that's so good. That's so good. Like, that's amazing. And we just went into the studio and like Rob was on the much like he is now on the on the laptop i was just in the back like singing that lick over and over again and then i think within about because it was a really short session and within about two hours we'd got this voice memo which was happened to just basically be the whole song and then i think the next day we ended up actually recording it in rob's basement where we felt a bit more comfortable to record it rather than in the studio that we were just working in yeah put the Um, voice memo on yeah yeah that'd be great uh yeah this is me and rob just singing it Forgive our out of tune vocals. I need a little understanding. Don't feel at home on this planet. <laughs> but I'll be looking so candid. Yeah, still I look so candid. And yet another crash landing. Straight back to earth, I changed my orbit now. I got some issues I need to iron out. We got some problems we need to chat about. Some turbulence, like who's the pilot now? And who does I see through the static? But we can make some magic in a world full of plastic. I know it's hard, but super nervous and dead. I'm versing to the dazzle. Hold up, I said, excuse me, miss, I need to fly back home. And all those words, Murray, are you doing those off your top of your head or have you written no, them all? So, so we go really in with the lyrics. I mean, that was just me trying to remember the melody you could hear me just going like la, 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 and then i sort of fill in the holes later there was a few lyrics there that made it um before that one it would have been like la, 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 literally just yeah. like yeah. no, no words we and then gradually it becomes yeah <laughs> <laughs> just never i mean that was bad enough <laughs> i mean that's what my vocal really sounds like before rob touches it <laughs> we, i'm just a fraud but i do i do like the idea as you're explaining murray that you know just a phrase from Rob or from Sam, Safer Pockets, yeah. inspires you so much that you end up writing, because you end up writing a lot of words for your yeah, songs, don't yeah, you? Because I'm, you've got your rap passages, you've got your singing bits, and so there's a lot of stuff to cover, isn't it? Yeah, and I think as soon as we're inspired by, like, we, me, Rob and I always start with a title, so I think that's worth saying, even with Pockets, because Sam had sent me those lyrics and it had the word, you know, it just feels a little bit like someone's body's cut a hole in my pockets. I was like, well, well, Pockets is great. Let's go with that. And every song since has always been a title. So me and Rob are always sending just titles to each other. Our, our message thread must look really strange. But yeah, with this, we just had Earth because... It was a, I think it was actually initially Crash Landing and we were like, oh, that's just a little bit gimmicky, a little little indie band vibe and we're like no no earth <laughs> earth sounds cooler right you guys agree yeah, yeah. i think Good. um with the whole naming a track thing first concept's so important because i think once you've got a name you're more likely to get a concept once you've got concepts you're more likely to be able to tell a story and without telling a story that like, there's i just don't feel like there's any point in putting out the tune if it doesn't say something so yeah. that's why the title comes first quite often yeah and I think once you've got the title, it's so easy to, to run away with it because you can just, you've got the core concept and then it's like a little spider diagram, you know, you can go all over the place. You So, I mean, I think the hardest thing actually, to be honest with you, lyrically, is to actually get the title and to get the concept 
even if it's just like here's the title and here's one line about what the song's about that's the hardest step you know the hardest steps like the, the one out the door and then once you're out there you can just just run around for miles and that's that's the fun bit you know uh, writing the verses is never a problem and you achieved a lot in a very short space of time. And then how did you want to complete the track? Because you've got all these other little things going on in this kind of scratching sounds. You've got this uh, voice that's really <laughs> interesting. So I just think there needs to be like, just to make the, the, the whole kind of piece like a little bit fuller, you need to have these like touches that capture people's imagination and kind of take you into different worlds a bit. And sometimes I just get on YouTube and like type in random stuff. I, saw, I think I spoke, I think I typed in like angry kid or something like that and got like this guy. Which I didn't realize was like a famous video. Or it was like what? a huge like meme. And right. like everybody on all the trolls on YouTube were like, oh my God, you sampled that dream kid thing. And we were like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just. But when you put it into the yeah. loop, it goes, was, I chopped it up. You cut and it like, up, didn't you? Yeah, and it just it gave it the maddest little like groove. And you can imagine Rob and I sat in the basement, just gun fingers going <laughs> mad to this. We just cut up this little toddler into a beat. This was the best thing we've ever done, you know. We've made it. It does sound great, though. I know yeah. It, uh, such a combination of things. I'm, I'm conscious of, uh, we've got about a minute left. And normally, I know, it's outrageous, isn't it? I don't know whether we got time for questions. We'd normally have a couple of questions on the Who, Take Notes podcast where we say, um, you don't like being kicked off. We had this thing. No. Oh, it's quite funny. <laughs> so Easy, Easy Life played this uh, gig that I put on recently at The Great Escape. Um, again, part of these 20 years of exposure, anniversary celebrations, and Easy Life played, and they, they kind of played for too long. Um, and the whole crowd ended up doing a nightmares, I think, possibly a cappella. Uh, which seemed really appropriate, actually, with that song. So um, we could end up this situation now. But there's, there's, there's other people, Murray. There are other people to come on. But um, to, okay. a couple of things we do often ask is, is, is there a piece of kit, if you were to recommend a piece of kit, Rob, that you can't work without? And similarly, a piece of advice. No, it sounds to me like you've got this great uh, chemistry going on together. Um, did, and you've had to persevere. You know, you, you haven't given up. And there are moments when probably you could have given up. Have you had advice that has, has really helped you get to where you've got today? I think, like I was touching on earlier, like find artists to collaborate that push you into avenues that you wouldn't usually go to. Um, because you can easily like write, put yourself in a box of the genre that you've done before. Or, but like collaborating can immediately get you out of that and into like new light. So I think that's really important. Um, what would you say, Mari? Yeah, well, I'd just back that up and say, like, to be out of your comfort zone may feel a little unnerving, but it's also creatively a very, very um, fruitful place to, to find yourself in. I feel like not a lot of good art has really come from being in a comfort zone. If you're comfortable and you're happy and um, you feel you feel safe, then I don't think you're going to try push yourself whereas if you're slightly you know me me and rob and us coming together like this it was a bit of a strange 
um, pairing at first, and I think that's why we were so sort of brave with our decision making early on, and still maintain that because you got to really strive to be somewhere where you think oh my God, is anyone going to like this? And that, that sort of unnerving feeling, I think that's the most healthy thing. If you're chasing that, then yeah, it, feel, it feels pretty good to constantly be really paranoid. <laughs> I'm thinking, what's, what about the gear one? Uh, the, what do you think? I, I mean... I don't think we've got time to answer that one. <sighs> nothing. You don't want to know no, about I'm, our I'm, secret I'm, weapon? Go, well, it's a secret weapon then. Like one... I've got to say, my housemate samples. They're yes. the, they're the, they're the bit. Should, he, should you give him a name check? I mean, really? No. Or, or do you, is that, that <laughs> no too way. dangerous? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, thanks so much for coming down and doing tape notes live here at Latitude. John, thank you so thanks much for having us. Uh, a real pleasure, and a pleasure for all of us to get a little window into the world of Easy Life. I think I'm sure you agree. And this magical chemistry between Rob and Murray. Let's hear it for Rob and Murray and for Easy Life. Thank you, thank you. We're going to play Earth now. Thank you very much for being here. Fantastic to have so many of you listening. Thank you very much. And check out Tape Notes. It's available everywhere. The next one up soon will be Kate Tempest in Dan Carey's studio. Straight back to earth, I changed my orbit now. I got some issues I need to iron out. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have a moment, do tell your friends and leave us a review. It all really helps. Thanks to those of you who have already donated to the show. I'm just one part of the team that brings you tape notes. It relies on your support. If you'd like to donate, please head to our website. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. I left my spaceship in a permit only zone. And when I get lost, I need to get away. And when I try, I swerve, I make the same mistake. And yet another crash landed.